back to Mama Mystery. This is your host, Kelly, and this is my co-host today, Austin Evans. All right, so let's chat. I have, okay, go ahead. You want to say something? No, about what? What do you want to chat about? What do you want to chat about? You said it. You were about to talk. Nope. Before I so rudely interrupted you. Go ahead. Tell me what you want to talk about. This is your cast. Go ahead. That's right. Anyway, today I have the option of telling you two different stories, okay? Mm -hmm. So today you're going to pick which one you want to hear. One of them is a little bit more lighthearted and funny. Okay. And the other one is a little deeper and darker. (laughs) Could have seen that coming. All right. Well, then you chose it. First, we are going to dive into the case of Dahlia and Mike DiPolito. Dun, dun, dun. So, today, we are talking about a true crime case quite literally made for reality TV. It has everything from sex and partying to cold-blooded Sex and rock and roll. And the drama all played out on TV. No, this isn't a scripted story. This is, in fact, a true story that started on August 5th of 2009. So listen up, and Mama Mystery is going to give you the murder history. (laughs) You've been just holding that in your pocket. So eager to say that it. right there is a tagline for the podcast: "Mama Mystery with Murder History." All right. So we're at June 9th. August fifth. August fifth. Come oh, on. We're already off to a rough start. No, you weren't listening. <laughs> no, you weren't listening to what you said. August fifth of okay. two thousand nine. Okay? okay, we're there. Mike and Dahlia DiPolito. Okay, that's where the story begins. But before that, we're going to. Before we get to that summer day in 2009, we have to start from the very beginning, okay? So, exactly, or rewinding time. I I caught what you dropped there. Okay. The first cast member of this made-for-TV drama is Dahlia DiPolito. Dahlia was born on October 18th of 1982. She comes from a very close-knit religious family. You can look her up if you want. She hooked. You tell me. See for yourself. What's her name? Dahlia. I don't even know how to spell that. D-A-L-I-A. Oh my gosh, I was way off. D-A-L-I-A. Dipolito. Dipolito. D-I-P-P-O-L-I-T-O. Let's see. Is she hot? Not there. Decent there. Whoa, not there. Bad mug shot. (laughs) Okay, now don't look at too much before it's all given away. Okay. I just see her in court. So her father was Egyptian, and her mother was Peruvian. And when she was 13, she moved to Boynton Beach, Florida, with her mom and siblings. Growing up, she lived in a gated community. Boynton Beach is located within Palm Beach County, which is where Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago is located. And also, if you'll remember from a past episode of Mama Mystery, we talked about Jeffrey Epstein, and he, too, lived in Palm Beach County. But this area... Go back and listen to the Epstein episode if you haven't, because it's awesome, it's underrated, and it didn't get enough attention because it was a baller episode. Thank you. So this particular area of Boynton Beach was a more typical American suburb with mostly middle-class blue-collar workers. Dahlia described herself as being a very bubbly, outgoing person who is friendly and family-oriented. She described her life growing up as very family-oriented as well, with lots of family trips and family dinners. She was a very cute little girl who grew up, grew up to be 
attractive, I guess. But she had a severe speech impediment, which may have taken a slight toll on her self-esteem. No. My mama said that. My mama said that. It wasn't a stutter. No, it I was... don't care. I'm not making fun of that. It's the water boy. Yeah, I, know, I got that. I'm just, I'm just telling you it wasn't a stutter. It was actually like a really hard lisp. She didn't pronounce her S's very well. Got it. Or couldn't, whatever. Whatever. Sorry, Dahlia. So when Dahlia became an adult, she tried to get a job in real estate, but soon learned just how hard it is to make a living in real estate. Um, So she grew impatient. She knew there was money to be had in that field, but she wanted the money now and didn't want to have to wait. So she decided to use her sexuality and good looks to make a quick buck and began working as a call girl. She created a profile on Eros.com where she meets Mike DiPolito. He was looking for an escort to keep him company for the weekend, so he ordered her much like someone would order from Uber Eats. Dahlia's first impression of Mike was that he was charming, but other people would describe him as kind of a gym rat, um, not so bright, spent a lot of time at the gym working on his muscles, but he was still like a very likable guy. He just kind of maybe came off as a little bit of a tool. Mike had Like me. (laughs) Not like you. You're not a tool, usually. So Mike had a difficult upbringing, and it was very important to him to be liked and feel loved. So when he met Dahlia and they seemed to click, he fell in love quickly and very deeply. But there was one obstacle they'd have to overcome, and that was Mike's wife. Oh, I can already tell where this goes. I don't think you can. It's going to shock the hell out of you, I promise. Not only did Mike have a wife, but he had a somewhat tumultuous criminal history. He'd spent time in prison for running a boil room stock operation. It was much like the Wolf of Wall Street. He would cold call people, convince them that he could get them a huge return on their investments when he was really just investing in penny stocks. And he essentially was just ripping off people and taking their money, which made him quite a few enemies along the way. Mike would later plead guilty to organizing a scheme to defraud unlicensed telemarketing and grand theft. He served Christmas. yeah. He served 2 years in prison and was put on 28 years of probation and he was also ordered to pay restitution of $191,000. Yes. So now we have this ex-con and his call girl girlfriend in this whirlwind romance. It's new, it's hot apparently. The sex was just out of this world according to Mike DiPolito. It's basically like a modern-day fairy tale, right? Except Prince Charming is married and has a criminal record, and the princess is a prostitute. Hmm. So it is a modern-day fairy tale, but it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Mike ends up divorcing his wife and marrying Dahlia just six months after they meet. They rush to the courthouse without telling anyone, even their family. Dahlia didn't even tell her mom about it until after the wedding took place. Her mom was so disappointed, but the couple was happy as ever. That is until just six months after they're married and only one year after they met, Mike was found dead in their family or in their Florida home. Whoopsies. Curveball. So we've caught up now to August 5th of 2009. Dahlia gets up super early to go to the gym. Mike is still in bed, and as she says goodbye, she offers them... Um, She offers to grab them a Starbucks drink on her way home. 
About an hour or so later, later, Dahlia gets a call from an unknown number, and that person leaves a voicemail. It's an officer with the Boynton Beach Police Department asking her to return his call as soon as possible. She abruptly ends her workout and calls him back. He asks her to return home as soon as possible, but he won't tell her why. He just says he'll explain everything when she gets there. So when she arrives home, there are police cars littered on her street, and the hit show Cops just happens to be filming there as well. So they catch her on camera returning home. She pulls up, walks up to one of the officers, and he asks if she is Michael or Mike DiPolito's wife. She says yes, and he says, ma'am, we were called because of a disturbance at the home and gunshots were heard, and I'm sorry to inform you, but your husband has been killed. Dahlia completely loses it. She almost collapses with grief into the officer's arms. She's crying, no, no, and is completely hysterical. They encourage her to calm down so they can take her to the station for questioning because time is of the essence here. And if This immediately happened? Yeah, like immediately upon her arriving home. See, I don't understand. Yeah, go for it. When, if I heard somebody died immediately, like... I can't process it fast enough to just lose it. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think people handle things differently. Mm -hmm. You know, you always hear that grief, people handle grief differently. But before they were even able to get the word killed fully out of his mouth, she was already like collapsing into his arms, like so upset. I mean, she she pulls up on this scene. She sees all the cops. She understands something has happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I'm sure she was already worried when she pulled up, right? Okay. So anyway, they take her to the station for questioning because time is of the essence. And if they're going to find out who did this, then they need to get as much information as they can as quick as possible, right? Mm -hmm. So they get her to the station. They take her into an interrogation room. And in most, if not all, interrogation rooms, there are usually cameras um, up in the corners, like recording the entire interview. And for some reason, she tells them she doesn't want to be videotaped. But the officer tells her, well, you are being videotaped. So it's like kind of weird that's her first reaction like you know my husband just died but please I don't want to be recorded I don't know it's kind of weird Mm -hmm. so anyway she's very upset crying that they wouldn't let her see her husband and they're trying to be compassionate with her but they also want to get to the bottom of this as quickly as possible so they're asking her if there's anyone who would want her husband dead she tells them Mike is on probation for stock fraud. She tells them that Mike was just about to get off probation early, but that the people he had scammed were unhappy about that. So she's essentially suggesting that maybe someone he owed restitution to could have gotten revenge on him, but she didn't really have any specific details or names. So then she tells the investigator that he was a recovering crack addict and alcoholic and that he had a very regimented schedule. He would get up every day, go to the gym, go to Starbucks, go to AA, but that that morning he didn't go to the gym because he was recovering from a recent liposuction surgery. So apparently we can afford to get lipo but not pay back the victims you've defrauded. Like your priorities are a little weird. So anyway, it's odd to me though that within moments of hearing that her husband was murdered, she starts airing all of his dirty laundry. But maybe she really is just trying to help them get to the bottom of this. Maybe she knows that he has a sketchy past that has caught up to him. The investigator says he's going to call the officers at the scene to see if the house appeared to be burglarized. And when he returns to the room, he has one more question for Dahlia. He asks if there were any issues between the two of them. She assures her that there was no... I'm sorry. She assures him 
that there was no drama, no problems in their relationship. Everything is like hunky-dory in their marriage. But then police learn about another man in Dahlia's life. Mm-hmm. Years prior to meeting Dyke, oh my God, I almost said Dyke. <laughs> Years prior to meeting Mike, Dahlia met a man named Mohammed Shihade. Shihada. I'm not really sure. I think it's Shihada. We're going to call him Mohammed. We're going to call him Mohammed. When she walked into the convenience store that he owned, they struck up a friendship over small talk, and eventually that friendship blossomed into a more flirtatious and sexual relationship, but they were never really official. Even as Dahlia dated other men, she still kept in contact with Mohammed and would often turn to him to vent about her dating woes. In July of 2009, the month before the murder, she reached out to Muhammad and vented to him about Mike. She tells him that Mike was abusive and controlling, and she really wanted out of the marriage, but she knows that a regular divorce will not suffice. She needs him out of her life for good, so she turns to Muhammad for advice. So it's July 31st, 2009, just five days before Mike DiPolito's murder, Dahlia meets Mohammed at a local gas station and vents to him that she really just needs Mike killed. This makes Mohammed really nervous because he's afraid that if Mike does end up getting killed, he might be tied to the murder. So he calls the police and tells them that Dahlia was planning to murder her husband. But get this, he calls the police five days before Mike's murder. The day he calls, they ask him to come into the station They tape record the entire conversation. Mohammed tells them that he met with Dahlia and that she told him that she needed her husband killed and that she can't stand him. He also tells them that at one point Dahlia tried to poison Mike by putting antifreeze in his Starbucks iced tea. But he can't even tell them where she lives or what her last name is. So like they're supposed to be these longtime friends, but he doesn't even know her last name. It's kind of weird. The cops find this story to be odd, but don't want to take any chances. So they ask Mohammed to do them a huge favor. If he's telling the truth, they want, to, they want him to go meet with her again and see if he can get her to admit it while he's wearing a wire. So the very next day, he calls Dahlia and asks to meet up with her again. They rig up his car with some hidden cameras and tape a wire to Mohammed's body. Police are waiting nearby to photograph Dahlia walking up to his car and getting inside. And once she gets in, she wastes no time at all. She surpasses all the small talk and dives right into the plan to murder her husband. Mohammed tells her that he has a friend who is a hitman who does a good, clean job. She hands over two pictures of Mike and $1,200 to buy a gun. The next step then is to get Dahlia face-to-face with the assassin himself. So they set up a meeting the following day in his car, but she's completely unaware that she's actually meeting with an undercover officer and she's being recorded and filmed in that car as well. This undercover officer is trying to reel her in. So he compliments her and she bats her fake little lashes and she's like, oh, thanks. But anyway, um, how soon can we get everything going? Like, I need it done like this week. He starts telling her how he's going to do it and he tells her, once we leave this meeting today, you have no way to reach me, so there will be no turning back. You will not be able to change your mind after this meeting. So are you positive you want to do this? And she says, 
I'm positive. I am like 5,000% sure. They end the meeting with him saying, okay, Wednesday, go to the gym. And when you get back, there's going to be a dead body in the house. And she says, okay, and goes on her merry way. And it's all recorded. Okay, I'm so curious because like how did this get to, if they all, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. What's it off Home Alone? You're so loud. I know. So now we're back to the big day. The show cops had been interested in filming in Boynton for or Boynton Beach for quite some time, but little did they know that day their show would be unlike any other. They're there to film this entire showdown. The cops are in a conference room going over the details of the operation. Once Dahlia leaves for the gym, they set up a fake crime scene outside the home. And it's so funny because the sergeant is outside and he's like, yep, yep, this looks good. Yep, this looks good. So then Dahlia pulls up in her SUV. <laughs> you look so confused. I am so confused. <laughs> so then Dahlia pulls up in her SUV, walks up to the sergeant, and receives the news that her husband has been killed. She's hysterical, wailing. And the dichotomy of her behavior in this moment against her behavior in the hitman's car is enough to win this girl an Oscar. Once they get to the station and start interviewing her, everyone is still in character, including Dahlia. At this point, it's actually hilarious this because... It's like a science experiment. <laughs> it's actually hilarious because everyone there knows what's really going on except for Dahlia. Oh, my god! They even bring in the hitman, the undercover officer, in handcuffs and ask her if she knew him. She says no, but they're hoping that by bringing him in, it'll make her crack. And she insists that she's never seen him. And meanwhile, this undercover officer is like... Holy cow, like you just sat in my car. This is seriously a psychology experiment. Like So they nice. usher the undercover officer slash hitman out of the room, and as soon as that door closes, the officer turns off his fatherly like demeanor and tells her straight up, You're going to jail today, Dahlia. You're under arrest for solicitation of murder. That man is an undercover police officer. We filmed everything you said, recorded everything you did, and you're going to jail. She continues to to try to deny knowing or doing anything, even though he tells her, we have photographs, we have video, we have audio recordings, and she's still just trying to deny it. But then the best part... The husband walks in. The husband is right outside the door. The grand finale, if you will, is that they tell her Mike is actually alive. And she's like, thank God. And the the police officer is like, oh, yeah, thank God. I'm picturing him just smiling and waving through the glass. Yes, right outside the door of the interrogation room. Mike is standing there with a smile on his face. And she's begging him to come here. And he's just standing there and says, no, no. Because she wanted him killed. Yes. She's immediately taken to a holding cell right in front of her living, breathing husband. Man, curveball. Curveball. Curveball city. So things all start coming together in Mike's eyes. Dahlia offered to help him pay down his $191,000 restitution debt. She offered to take $100,000 of his money and $91,000 of her own money to take to his lawyers. He gives her that money, and she's supposed to wire the money to to the lawyers, but she never does. Then he recalls how after he got out of prison, he never had any like issues or run-ins with the police. But after Dahlia got involved in his life, it seemed like he was always running into trouble. On two separate occasions, drugs were planted in his vehicles by someone trying to frame him. 
One weekend, Mike took Dahlia to the Ritz-Carlton for a little weekend getaway. And upon arriving, he was approached by two, or I'm sorry, by police who say that they got an anonymous tip from someone saying that he was dealing drugs out of his Tahoe. So they asked to search it, and he allows them, but they didn't find anything. And then the next day, when he was putting gas in the Tahoe, he noticed a bag full of pills that the cops didn't find. And he realizes, holy shit, someone's trying to like, get me into trouble. So authorities say that Dahlia, knowing she can't pay back the money she stole from him, was trying to get him locked up so that she could be left with his money, cars, and house. Then the cops ask him if there had ever been any kind of incident with iced tea, because remember Mohammed said that Dahlia, you know, said to him that she tried to spike it with antifreeze. Yeah. And it's like a light bulb goes off, and Mike realizes, holy shit, there was a time she came home with iced tea, like she often did, except this time he took a sip and it tasted so off that he spit most of it out and didn't finish the drink, but he was sick for like two weeks after that. So Mike begins to realize just how close he was to his demise. So anyway, after Dahlia is arrested, she tries calling Mike from jail. She doesn't even offer an apology. An apology. Instead, she's begging him to come to the jail because she needs to get an attorney. He says, why would I do that? You, you tried to have me killed. And she's saying, it's not true. That is not true. And he says, I heard your voice. I saw your face. Like, how can you tell me it's not true? And she has the freaking audacity to say, Mike, I love you. Don't do this to me. I'm <laughs> sitting here and everybody's treated me awful in here. Uh, you, uh, gosh, you deserve such good treatment. I mean, like, how delusional must you be to think that, like, I don't deserve this? This is weird. So weird. So Mike never did help her get a lawyer, but he did offer her some advice. Speaking from experience, he told her to just lay low because she's going to be in there for a while. (laughs) During the trial, the prosecution brings in some of the men in Dahlia's life, including one of her ex-boyfriends, who helped her plant the drugs in Mike's truck. He even has text messages to prove it. Not only that, they're talking about all the X-rated things they're going to do after Mike goes away again. So it's really hard to combat the fact that Dahlia had big plans, and the foundation of those plans was self-centered greed. However, Dahlia's lawyers come up with such a wacky defense, claiming that both Mike and Dahlia were just acting the whole thing out because they wanted to be famous. That this was never a plot to kill her husband, but that it was all just an act, and that Dahlia was merely acting in all of those videos. They claim that this was all Mike's idea, that it was just a stunt that they had planned together in an attempt to catch a producer's attention in reality TV. But there was no evidence to corroborate that theory. Even when she's being told in the interrogation room that she's going to be arrested, she never comes out once and says, this was all a joke. This was all planned by Mike. It was clearly made up by them in their legal defense. Yes, and not only that, but then how do you get this undercover officer to like get you in the car when you have no idea that he's an officer and there's Mm -hmm. tapes in the car. Like it makes not one iota of sense. They had to just pull whatever they uh, could think of, which was nothing. Which was like embarrassing. And at what point does her defense attorney come up with this ridiculous plot? Like how offensive is this to your profession that you're like, we got to think of anything to get you out. We're going to make it like it was a movie. I mean, seriously, it is so silly. Like that's your job. That's your job. You went to school, you paid all that money to become a lawyer, and this is the kind of stuff you're coming up with? It's just like... Yeah, that's wild. 
Big yikes. So the prosecution didn't seem to worry because this was such an outlandish and bizarre defense. They believed that they had this trial in the bag. So when the time came to read the jury's verdict, they found her guilty of solicitation of first-degree murder, and she was sentenced to 20 years in prison. In response to the verdict and the sentence, Mike said he was 5,000% happy with it. But this wouldn't be the end. Dahlia was granted an appeal based on a problem during jury selection. So she walked free and was granted a new trial. So she hires a new high-profile team to represent her in an attempt to dismiss the case altogether. But they're sticking to the same defense that they planned this together to submit to YouTube in hopes that it would garner reality TV blood. Oh, my gosh. Reality TV buzz. They claim that Mike, Mohammed, and Dahlia all worked together on this. They failed to get the case dismissed, so they are going to be going to trial for the second time. This time, however, they're dropping the reality TV plot, and instead, they tried to place blame on the Boynton Police Department. Oh, my God. Chastising them for whipping up such a frenzy for the cop's TV show. Her defense claims that they tossed Dahlia under the bus to make this more than it ever was in an attempt to make good TV. And not only that, but they tell the jury, if you send her away to prison, you'll be separating her from her infant son. Because that's right. Somehow, Dahlia was able to get knocked up while she awaited her second trial. Not by Mike, but by an appliance repairman. Repairman. (laughs) That came to her house to fix an appliance and left with a baby mama. Goodness. And then I wrote a, a little quip. Are you ready? What's a quip? He wasn't the only one getting his pipes cleaned, cleared, worked on. <laughs> that didn't go as planned. <laughs> you catch my drift. You catch it. So at the end of the second trial, the jury is freaking hung. Three for not guilty, three for guilty. They cannot reach a unanimous wow. decision. I don't know. See, well, actually, stupid. I do know. I do know, and I think it's because the second trial, the prosecution chose not to put Mike Di- Mike DiPolito on the stand, and I feel like they that was a detriment to their case because they couldn't humanize this trial to like really. You but know. they had the videos and everything. I know. See, I, I know. Think that's stupid. I know. So. Um, the judge declares a mistrial, but the prosecution says they're going to try for a third time, and this time they are going to put Mike back on the stand, which was a choice they didn't make the second time around, but now they realize that in order to you know, relate to this jury, they need to like humanize this trial. And it worked. The third time around, the jury took only 90 minutes to find Dahlia guilty of solicitation to first-degree murder, and she was sentenced to 16 years behind bars. She will be eligible for release in 2032, and her mom and sister are now taking care of her son. She took her case all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, which is like the end of the road, and they denied to hear her case. So it is a done deal. She is staying put. Mike DiPolito was able to completely pay off his restitution and also got engaged to a new woman and is now finally living happily ever after. Man, that is wild. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. These hoes ain't loyal. That was a song playing through my head. 
every time. So is there documentaries on like Netflix and stuff on this? I don't think there's anything on Netflix, but YouTube. I know like there's plenty on YouTube. I think Dateline did an episode on it or 2020. Um, is the cops episode out? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's an episode on it? cops. No, I haven't watched the episode, but that's what garnered so much attention was because right after this happened, like before she was even in the interrogation room that day, the videos were already on media. And so like media outlets were swarming to get a piece of this story. So, I mean, she had no chance. Like, So did cops, did the cops that aired, did it tell the backstory to it or do you Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. That's they already crazy. had a heads up. Yeah. It was so cool to see the police like in the conference room kind of detailing all the, the, you know, like exactly what was going to happen, how it was all going to go down. They were working with it just like a TV show, except yes, it was real. Except it was real. This woman really did try to get her husband killed. Ugh, what a crazy, crazy, crazy thing. Yeah. Anyway, it's kind of funny. I say lighthearted because no one actually died. I like And she this was one. just an idiot. No one died. Nobody died in this one. This was Mama Mystery with the fake murder history. Yeah. I, what? Maybe. I don't know. Fake murder. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, um, Friday, we will be coming out with an episode on Susan Powell. I'm going to be... Freaky Friday. Yes. I'm going to be releasing episodes every Murder Monday and every Freaky Friday. And so maybe a Twisted Tuesday. And depending on the, how the podcast fall on our schedule, a Wild Wednesday. A Wild and Wacky you know Wonderful what? Wednesday. Maybe... It'll be a thriller Thursday. A threat. <gasps> thriller Thursday. You're so quick. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I came up with that fast. How about Saturday? Saturday? Sadistic Saturday. Sadistic Saturday. And Sunday? The Sabbath. No, that's got to be a day of rest. We can't be doing it on Sundays, even that's though we're right. recording this on a Sunday. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, we're done here. We'll see you on Friday. Share. Like. Review. Comment. Uh, IG story (laughs) tag (laughs) just do all the things thank you love you bye bye